Hi, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We hope you are staying safe, sound, and sane as this year continues to drag on, and we do all that we have to do to get through this pandemic. Well, how about this? If you want to be on a Zoom call that isn't dreadfully boring, please join us for Zoomapalooza, an interactive adventure of fun, games, comedy, and who knows what else. Tickets are absolutely free, or hire us for your next office or corporate event. Just visit pod617.com slash Zoom. That's pod617.com slash Zoom. Now enjoy the following production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. As the announcer guy told you, my name is David Yaz. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Hope your pandemic is doing well, as we like to do on this show. We feature professionals doing interesting things. And when that fails, I get guys like I have today. No, I'm kidding. They're awesome. So what? who you're going to meet today, Greg Wise, Andre is it Oprah-san? Do I have that right? Yep. Close enough? Oh, thank you. Perfect. And Sam. Oh, Sam. I'm going to blow your last name. Yeah. Ma- Ma- no, I'm going to get it right. Malika Rujan. No, no. Say, you say it again. Malika Rujan. Malika You know, we, we rehearsed this prior to the show, and I flubbed it anyway. Anyway, so my apologies. My apologies, because uh, Greg, Andre, and Sam are part of a, a relatively new venture called onescreen.ai it is a new way of delivering marketing messages by way of live tv screens i've probably mangled that but i think i'm close i think i'm in the ballpark and greg we'll start with you how close am i to describing what you do and being perfect i would say that's like a solid 7.3 okay <laughs> i'll take it man <laughs> and four from the russian judge what the hell anyway so yeah you and i've have t- kicked this around a bit but yeah if you could give us the sort of 60 second version you you and i talk about how marketing is constantly changing and we're always in front of screens but you noticed there was screens being wasted really in public places, bars and gas stations and whatnot. And correct me if I'm wrong, that's where you guys come in, but tell me the brief story. Yeah. So, and Sam can certainly jump in too, because there's an interesting sort of origin story here, but that is certainly part of the reason we're doing this. So the three of us met at HubSpot, uh, early stage employees at HubSpot about 10 years ago or so. So very much digitally native uh, or digitally focused guys, marketers, marketing to marketers about marketing. So mm. never thought we'd be in the out of home advertising space, if you will. Um, but nonetheless, here we are. So this was really back seven months ago um, when COVID was really coming down on us. And the three of us got together for what Sam likes to call a, a hackathon. Um, mm-hmm. And we were trying to come up with ways to help small businesses that were quite frankly about to get crushed um, with what was about to go on. Um, and Sam's a cigar aficionado. We were at a cigar lounge and um, Sam said, you know, what would be interesting as we're looking at a screen in front of us. Mm. 
so in other words, there, there's a screen that is showing probably some cricket game from the UK or so who knows what. And it's, um, David, it was off. Oh, it was, it was, it was off. that's interesting. Yeah. I, I have a son who's, um, he's 22 and he has autism and he's the love of my life and he's doing great. Adrian, I talk about him all the time, but he will always notice he likes to count TVs. So if you ask him if he's been to a restaurant or really any kind of place, he can tell you how many TVs he immediately notices when some are off. He says that TV's broken, that TV's broken. So you see he, you, people notice. <laughs> so yeah, Sam, do you want to provide a little bit more color there? Yeah, I mean, uh, we sort of half-jokingly call it the accidental startup because we we did the Sackathon. If you remember, uh, right after the Boston Marathon bombing, when we were at HubSpot, we and a bunch of other tech companies adopted some of the bars and restaurants that had been shut down uh, for repairs, for the investigation and such, to help them recover. And we wanted to take that idea and scale it. Um, First of all, the only thing HubSpot got from that was like a little good PR, a good feeling, and a hangover, since... (laughs) <laughs> Most people who showed up were HubSpot employees. Um, and second of all, you know, you can't, you can't really like this, this problem is a lot bigger. So we wanted to build something that would be ROI positive for advers- for brands to essentially sponsor and adopt the recovery of small businesses. Um, then we, our, our old boss, Armesh has a, has a joke or a quote, stealth mode is for fighter jets, not startups. So we ran in reverse stealth mode. We called everybody in, in the industry to see who we could partner with and, uh, and it turns out no one is doing anything like this. It's kind of, to us, it seems like table stakes for the internet to be able to, you know, bill based on the number of people who actually see your ad or, you know, be able to target people instead of like trying to target screens, et cetera. Um, and that's when we decided, I mean, Andre was, you know, running a chunk of the back end engineering team at Wayfair. I was chief revenue officer at a company called flock.com and Greg was at Simon Property Group. Uh, and that's when we decided to just build the platform ourselves, um, which is what we spent the last few months doing is um, is creating more of that platform where we can. It, it's a super small free device that we can give to anybody who owns a screen, but particularly small businesses. They just plug it in and it opens them up to a modern, sophisticated ad auction content network that includes an ad auction. There's not ad content as well. So they can make money as well as do advertising themselves without having to spend money. They can trade they don't have space to... on their wall for space on somebody else's wall. Right. So anyone runs some public place where they've got a screen, you give them this device. They don't even have to buy it, but it's going to strategically place ads and stuff on the, on the TV or how does that work? Yeah. So it's anonymously yeah. counting the number of people in the room uh, based on the number of like cell phones that are in the room. And then, mm. We use other data, basically the same backend data that's used to do mobile ads on cell phones uh, and target, you know, personas like like you do on Facebook. Instead, but instead of a, fo- a screen that's in your pocket, it's a screen that's in front of you. Uh, targeted targeted ads based on the information. This is some Black Mirror shit going on here. Who, <laughs> we talked the ad team at Netflix, and I specifically said, please don't let Black Mirror use our platform because <laughs> they will make it very creepy. Sorry. We did talk to that team. We talked to that team. Oh, is that right? Yeah, we talked to the team that came up with that exact campaign. And for, for them. Yeah, and for those that don't, I can tell you guys are fans or, or haters or something, but for those that, <laughs> that don't know, the the BBC series, which recently landed on Netflix called Black Mirror, kind of it's kind of a twilight zone for the electronic age and portrays all kinds of pos- imaginary horribles, I'll call them, about the complications and implications 
of doing things online. I just last night rewatched an episode where a woman concerned about her young daughter's safety has like a chip implanted in her head or something and then gets a, a like an iPad. And if you, she logs onto the iPad, she can see everything that the kid sees. So, and she knows where the kid is. It's got a tracking device, of course. But then the other thing is if there's anything disturbing going on in that kid's world, there's an algorithm that determines whether it's bad or not and will actually gray out or pixelate out the disturbing thing. So the poor kid is going through life and there's a fight in the schoolyard. The kid can't see it because it's because it's blacked out. Anyway, Andre, I'll, uh, I'll give you I'll give, let me Andre, since um, you've been patiently waiting in your car, having just installed one of these devices, apparently, let me just give you a word here. What 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 drew you to this idea? Yeah. So, you know, for, for me, it's it's all about, you know, how can we make technology uh, serve people? Um, and so I think, you know, there, there's certainly some elements here. And as we think about how technology continues to evolve, how we make more of this content, you know, both personal, but also something that you can opt into and you can actually control. So it's not just scanning you and then saying, oh, you know, you're worth X or you're, you're worth Y. We're going to show you uh, some specific content, uh, but you can actually control it. And, and really part of what we want to do is make it, you know, something that you can say, you know, you're walking into a bar, there's a one screen, uh, t- you know, TV there, um, and you can log right into the device and be able to say, you know what, I love football, I hate soccer, don't show anything related to soccer or any other specific, uh, you know, topics and make it something that you can really interact with and something that is personal to you. Uh, that way, you know, the content itself gets better over time. There's also non-ad content uh, and working on a number of partnerships there. So we can actually show you some, some let's say, interesting highlights of, you know, some of your favorite teams, uh, et cetera. So it's not just, not just this, this, you know, ad experience in terms of what we're, we're currently seeing in the digital auto home space, but something that, that over time can actually become very personal to you, something that you can control fully and opt out of, uh, you know, completely. So you can actually, there's that element of privacy as well. Sure. Then that's important. So that's why it isn't Black Mirrors. You can opt out of it. So don't be scared, people. The boys at onescreen.ai are uh, keeping your interest in mind, but it, but it still sounds like Black Although, Mirror. David, if I could install that sure. into my three-and-a-half-year-old brain uh, or his eyes uh, to help him, to shield any danger from him, uh, sign me up. Yeah, it's uh, it's mind-boggling. Later in the episode, spoiler alert, <laughs> sorry, the, the, the girl grows up and then She's having a relationship with this boy. So you can imagine the implications. The mom doesn't know where she is. She claims to have turned off this chip thing so the daughter doesn't have to worry about it, but she hasn't. She fishes it out of a drawer or something, sees where the daughter is, sees exactly what the daughter is doing with this boy, and then it's got a built-in narcotics alert cause, <laughs> because it picks up uh, the heart rate of the, the girl, you know, um, uh, increasing as she's doing a, a line of cocaine and all hell breaks loose. God. And as will happen in every episode of that show, it all <laughs> ends badly in a very de- depressing fashion. So it's the genius of black mirror though, is yep. it takes stuff that is like, is plausibly uh, good. Uh, you know, whether it's ad tech content analytics, AI, uh, or like, you know, parent parental controls or something like that, but it shows the, like, um, the extremes that that like the stuff where people are working on today in the world can be taken to that could be like horrifying. Um, Cautionary tales, yeah. Cautionary yeah. tales, all yeah. And you're you're spot on because we've all seen the footage of that robot that looks like a dog walking, and I think Boston Robotics is the company yeah. that's yep. the leader in that. We've all seen that. So what Black Mirror did was take an episode of that and imagine if they get 
programmed to have guns on them and and programmed to kill certain people and then with a with a kind of fail safe thing where the dog is going to kill somebody no matter what and um you can imagine how that one ends anyway we're going to yeah. con- we'll continue we'll continue talking to the boys from onescreen.ai and easy to remember and that's the website if you want to go check out and see what they're what they're doing in fact you guys were shrewd and you nabbed the phone number it's 855 did i get that right 855 one screen having trouble i'm having trouble seeing my screen today so you know what i did you know what i did you guys can see this i actually bought a it this is like an oversized monocle that hangs in in a necklace style uh on my neck and i can do this and now i can see now you know what it doesn't even work never mind anyway before we do that Let's play a round of burning questions where we'll get to know our guests a little bit better. So you guys, uh, let's fire up the cigar bar here and see what happens. Just one more thing. I have a riddle for you. Answer the question. All right. Here we go. All right. I'll start with, uh, Greg, we'll start with you because you're uh, okay. upper left-hand corner in my in my um, Hollywood Squares screen here who's the kindest person you know my mom i guess it wasn't that hard (laughs) and 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 yeah tell us why uh although i don't know if my wife is gonna get pissed off um no mom uh, mom is always right it's always the right answer right okay come on uh that was easy my mom is easily the nicest kindest most caring person selfless person on the planet and Uh, yeah and you, do you feel she passed that on to you? I hope so. But you'll have to ask. You'll, you'll have to ask other family members and friends. Why are your uh, Why are both of your colleagues vigorously shaking their heads? No, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> let's move on to uh, Sam. Now, Sam, I need to ask you: Do you have siblings? I do. I have four older sisters. Whoa. Okay. See. See, that's what a good pod- podcast will do: uncover the true story. You are the little baby boy. What was that like? Uh, well, there are pictures that will never see the light of day uh, where it took them a while to realize that I was not just a fifth sister. Um, but uh, it was interesting growing up. Let's just leave, leave it at that. What's the best part of having four older sisters? Or the worst growing part? Up, <laughs> Go ahead. Growing up, watching them uh, watching them beat up people who were picking on me uh, because they were older and bigger than the people my age. so And they were very protective of me. So. Okay. okay. Um, we move to you, Andre. If you could shop for free at one store, which would you choose? And let's imagine that you're actually able to go into those. I guess stores are open now. So if you had... Yeah, um, I would definitely... Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I would definitely say Apple. <laughs> so I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a tech guy. You know, there's, uh, there's always equipment that I could uh, upgrade and uh, having my eye on, on um, the new uh, sort of top of the line Mac Pros. And I think like they have some, some new displays where the stand alone is like fifteen hundred dollars, the display is like five thousand. So, holy jeez! You know, if money were no object, uh, there's some really interesting, uh, interesting good hardware there that that would get put to good use. I'm a gadget guy too. Are you an Apple Watch guy? Oh yeah, you know Apple Fitness, all the all the fun things. Ran thirty something marathons, so I uh, definitely love my my fitness uh, equipment. Now, there's a related question here because you mentioned gadgets, and I have a, a friend of a friend has 
a chip installed in his arm. This is not a joke. This is not an episode of Black Mirror. I keep going back to that. But uh, but it, it's um, it's a chip that now I, I'm trying to remember what it, exactly it does. But there are many things it could do, needless to say. If you had a chip in your arm, it could be one of those, you know, readable by one of those scanners and stuff. And in the future, this this we could actually be doing this. So I'll pose this to you, Greg. Would you actually have that put into your arm? As long as no one is tracking my movement uh, and it helps me, it helps me maybe just not use my wallet so I can access certain things or pay for certain things. That's that's fine. That's the ultimate idea. I think. Yeah. That's fine. Yep. Can't track where I'm going or what I'm doing. Yeah. I kind of like, I kind of like the idea because I think we're moving that way because even though things have become easy and there's Apple pay and there's all those things we have, like the, the virtual wallet on your phone, you, we still scramble for credit cards, you know, we still this card, that card. And so, and no, so not now, you know, you could be, you know, on a beach and just wearing your, you know, swimsuit and you don't need to carry anything because you've got this thing. And, you know, you're going into concerts. You don't have to, when we used to go to concerts, you don't have to worry about the, the, the ticket. You don't have to worry where it is on your phone. It's in your arm. But every TV show I've seen imagining something like that results in the the lead character vigorously slicing it out of his arm in horror. So I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, we move back to Sam. What, uh, what's the, what's the one food you could never bring yourself to eat? Uh, that's tough because I have eaten a lot of weird things as I've traveled. Um, the mm. one thing I had a hard time with that I probably wouldn't do again was horse when I was oh. in Mongolia. <laughs> uh, I, I just like, had an emotionally hard time with that and just like would not do that again. And what did it taste like? Let me guess like chicken. Uh, well, I mean the key, the key to cooking in Mongolia is to fry everything in oil. So it, it tasted like everything else that you've eaten that's fried. Um, but I honestly only took like a couple of bites and then said I was full because it, it's the only thing I've eaten that has like psychologically bothered me. That was a bridge too far for you or a steeplechase yeah. too far as it were. Yeah. It brings brings to mind the scene in Caddyshack where Rodney Dangerfield complains that the stakes still has the marks from where the jockey was hitting it. Um, so you know what? I think I'm with you on that one. Um, Andre, um, let's see. What's the scariest movie you've ever seen? Let's see, maybe the Saw. Oh, okay. So I haven't seen it, but I I, I guess that's of the ilk of um, no. Yeah, Saw is the one where some people are tortured with the guy bad guy with a saw and there's my review right there thank you i mean is that is that is so is it more is it is it is the harrowing parts more torture suspense gore what is it yeah i think it's more the torture part uh and obviously you can uh, part of i'm gonna spoil parts of it for you is uh okay. you can get yourself out of uh, the situation if you're willing to give up let's say a limb or I certain see. things uh based on your past transgressions and so uh it can get pretty uh pretty gory as well um yeah yeah yeah, that would get me i i can't do torture it's it's and um what was the other one um oh when you go to hostel there was a there was a movie hostel that had a kind of similar torture theme i don't want to go anywhere near that i don't and never mind human centipede i don't even i don't it's the scariest movie i've never seen the worst movie i've never seen but but it's funny how people react to that my my son you know as he's growing up i'm trying to figure out what movies are okay to show him and he was never bothered by violence or anything or bad words or anything like that and then i remember as a young man i showed him 
Back to the Future, and he got really upset in the scene where Biff is like twisting George McFly's arm, you know, yeah. to, and it, it kind of is a dark scene. And poor George McFly is is, is grimacing, and uh, his his arm is getting twisted. And my son just broke out crying. I felt terrible. <laughs> anyway, understandable, right? That's a tough scene. Yeah, Biff. Yeah. Biff. Biff was bad, man. Yeah, one of the all-time enemies, uh, yeah. bad guys. Right. I think someone should make Back to the Future 4 where Marty has to go into the future to get the vaccine for this pandemic because Biff has obviously stolen the vaccine because that's what Biff would do. All right. We'll go around the horn one more time. That was that was. Yeah, Andre, you, you went last. I'm just trying to keep track here. Keep it fair. So, Greg. What is what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? I mean, I know this is a cliche answer, but the golden rule is, you know, stands the test of time. Um, I believe that's treat others as they would treat you. I was. Yeah. 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 Well, I that, think that's a big one. That's a good one, though. That's a good one. Yeah. Did, did, I, yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 10 minutes after we end this, I'll you got to come some, up with a good I'll one. Have, it, yeah. You'll it, have a great one. It happens. We we can edit this. It's a podcast after all. Maybe I'll stick it in <laughs> later. But but that's not bad. And that is actually a good lesson to, I think, remind oneself of when it comes to social media. On social media, are you a guy that will, if you see something you disagree with, will you go in and mix it up a little bit? Or you're just like... All right. The only time is when it comes to uh, University of Wisconsin sports. <laughs> and it's the only time that you will see me be very active on the social media channels, uh, interacting with people, commenting with people. Otherwise, uh, I hold it to myself. But I went there, diehard Badger guy. Go Badgers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go Badgers. And, um, yeah. Well, those, this, this, yeah, the sports ag- agreement, that sounds really sort of harmless, but I've gotten into some sports arguments with people that have resulted in not quite end of friendships, but probably dense oh. in the dense in the friendship for sure. Oh, David. Yeah. Oh, you're, ta- you're, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. I, uh, since having kids, maybe I've toned down a little bit, but, uh, during a couple of national championships games, uh, final fours, I've almost lost some friendships <laughs> crying in my room. Uh, oh yeah. You name it. It's one of the great oddities of, of being a, a sports fan is that we lend ourselves emotionally so much to these these people that we don't know that, we, that really don't care about us, you know, whether pro or college. I suppose in college, you might have a better chance of actually knowing the people on the field or the court. But yeah, as Seinfeld used to say, we're just rooting for the, the uniforms. S- Sam, <laughs> Sam, would you rather be the most popular kid in school or the smartest kid in school? Sam, we, uh, we know we know you were both, but if you had to pick one, I I was definitely not both. I uh, d- don't imagine anybody who's listening to me talk thinks that I was in any way uh, popular. Um, you know, I go I go with smartest. You know, uh, what was the the Bill Gates quote? Like, be nice to nerds because you'll end up working for them. Um, <laughs> you know, that's a that's a that's a short term thing, and uh, and being smart is also just fun. You get to think deeply about the world. So, and you don't have to worry what other people think about you because you know they don't like you. Oh. Well, that's very on brand for what you guys do. So, so well done. We'll close it out with Andre. Can you remember the worst thing you did as a kid? Maybe something that got you sent to detention or stay after for re- uh, recess or stay in for recess or whatever that thing was. Wow. All right. Uh, digging deep here. So, yeah, I think one of the worst things I did was uh, so we used to. We used to have a family farm uh, with a little little vineyard uh, back back in the day, uh, 
and um, my cousins and I used to sneak down downstairs, you know, dare each other to uh, in the basement to, to you know, uh, who could steal uh, some some wine from the from the cellar. Oh, uh, and so uh, you know, not proud of it, but probably. Uh, play my share of pranks there in terms of locking uh, some of the, the cousins in uh, <laughs> well, that's even better. You know, for, 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 for a number of hours. Uh, and so all, all in good fun ultimately, but uh, sure. definitely got learned, learned a lesson after, uh, you know, the, the family uh, in particular, the, the, the grandpa uh, figured out what we were doing, what we we're up to and, and who was responsible. So uh, learned my lesson there early on. Yeah. The pilfered liquor story is one that's just a rite of passage in every young person's life. I think I, I recall my friend, Mike Cooley, his, his younger brother was being bar mitzvahed and we knew that there was booze at bar mitzvahs, even though we weren't allowed to drink it that we, you know, we were older, but still not old enough to drink. So we somehow swiped a few bottles and met on a playground like that night and then, and we looked at it, and one of the things we had stolen was Martini and Rossi Asti Spumanti, which we had heard ad for on the radio and on TV. We assumed it must, must be something delicious. It's dry vermouth. We ended up trying to drink dry vermouth straight. We're like, do people really drink this? This is disgusting. <laughs> so, you know, if you're going to steal your liquor, choose carefully. Well, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you guys did very well, and um, you've uh, passed the burning questions section of the podcast we're going to talk a little bit more about what you guys do and then at the end of the show we'll do a quick round of good stuff where all of our gang will recommend something good that might be of use to you and maybe will brighten your day during these pandemic days continuing to stretch on and on and on before we do that i want to take a brief moment to tell you what we do here at pod617.com the boston podcast network would you like your own podcast now it's maybe a perfect time to start it up you've got time on your hands we'll send you out a quality usb mic not one of those crappy ones that you've been using or experimenting with and we will produce your whole show start to finish intro music outro music we'll get it posted hosted the whole dealio go to pod617.com to get started. So before we close uh, things out with the good stuff stuff, I, I do want to ask you guys a couple more questions about what you do. What first off, if if people are interested in this, can they help you? Are you still looking for supporters, partners, or is the main thing now to find the people with the screens for you to get these devices to? I'll start with you, Greg, on that one. Well, we're looking for folks that uh, the small businesses that want to participate as our hosts, right? If they have screens, um, they want to use our device, which is free and start to monetize, you know, their existing screens within their locations. Uh, that would be great. We're really focusing on Massachusetts to start, and then we'll certainly expand to other markets and DMAs around the country. Advertisers as well, right? Um, anyone who is call it beta tolerant, but folks that understand um, or have a forward thinking technology uh, or technology mindset um, that understand why we're doing this to basically try to make, you know, how we're used to the online advertising buying process, but bringing that to the physical world so that you can have access to this kind of inventory inexpensively and mm -hmm. easily in a self-service platform, mm -hmm. just like we have online. Um, so advertisers as well. Uh, that want to come in, they want to have a hyper-local, targeted way to um, try to reach their customers. Sam, ha has the pandemic been an opportunity for you or a challenge in getting this thing off the ground? 
Uh, I mean, it's been both in, in ways. I mean, first, it, it was the trigger of our origin story. We, the three of us wouldn't be here together. I mean, we're, we've been friends for a long time, but we wouldn't be here together working on this uh, without it because we wouldn't have had the idea. Um, and also, the the digital, or, the out of home advertising space is super slow to change. Um, the internet space has evolved to have privacy controls and personalization, all kinds of things. The out of home advertising space still works basically the same way it worked a century ago. Uh, and this has really forced them to start taking seriously the, fa the fact that like the industry has to change some things. Um, so we weren't relying on the fact that an old archaic industry was going to suddenly believe the new way that we think that they should do things. Uh, that wasn't part of our strategy, but suddenly they are like they, they, they know that they have to do things like give advertisers analytics and give them real time control and, you know, let them prove whether or not their ads are working. And those things that we take for granted online, um, they're now interested because we're building that for out of home. Andre, assuming your, your company's momentum continues, what could be down the road in five or 10 years? Could it be further integration with other plot with social media platforms, more interactivity or, or anything like that? Tell us about that. Yeah, so I think uh, I think it's, you know, big, big focus is going to be on the on privacy. And as as the world continues to evolve and as we have more of these uh, machine learning algorithms that really power everything behind the scenes. How do we democratize that and give more access to the actual people that you know interface with this on a daily basis? But they don't—you don't necessarily have a whole bunch of control. So for us, that's a, that's very much part of the DNA of our company and thinking about you know being privacy forward and 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 giving that level of control to um, you know to our customers. And as we continue to evolve and make this thing even smarter, uh, you know making sure that we're always thinking about the customer, making sure that we're, we're giving them, you know, from, from a privacy control standpoint, but also the advertisers, right? So to give them the ability to actually uh, show an appropriate ad for someone, you know, if, if it's not, if it's not going to be helpful to them and it's not going to help them ultimately buy something, uh, you know, you just annoyed someone, right? And you just wasted their time. And so it go, it definitely cuts both ways. Um, and, and really thinking about that, that level of personalization and then tying that with the, uh, with the privacy, I think as we continue to, to scale and as the world around us continues to evolve, uh, we need to make sure that we're, we're, we're taking steps and it's not just an afterthought, but really something at the forefront of how we think about continuing to build out this technology. Well, once again, the company is onescreen.ai and the phone number is 855-ONE-SCREEN. Spell out the one, O-N-E. Otherwise, you're just not going to have enough numbers for a phone number. Oh, you get it, people. 855-ONE-SCREEN. We're up against the clock, and as usual, I've talked too much, but I did promise a quick round of good stuff, so what the heck, let's do it. If I hit the right button, maybe we could do the segment. Come on, Dave! Oh, that's the good stuff. All right, then. We'll go in reverse order. Wow. Crazy, crazy stuff happening here at the Boston Podcast. Andre, let's go with you. Do you have something um, that you've seen, consumed, or otherwise engaged in during the pandemic that uh, might be a good suggestion for our listeners? Yeah, I would uh, recommend uh, good old-fashioned exercise. I think it's, it's very hard for us to, uh, to sort of take, take a break and then maintain that sort of mental health, and that's just a reminder for everyone uh, to you know take some time whether just you know put on some shoes and 
go out for a walk or run, whatever. What's your, what's your, what's your, MO? what's your MO? Are you a uh, runner or your Peloton guy or what? Yeah, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely a runner. And then I, you know, sort of, uh, do the Peloton as well. So running and biking and, uh, I love to, as much as I, you know, I'm in front of a screen all day coding away at, at our platform, uh, to try to get some breaks, get some fresh air. I think that's, uh, certainly something that throughout this whole pandemic, it's just, uh, it's, it's too easy to, to forget about, you know, keeping yourself in physical and mental shape. And I think taking a break from those screens and taking a, a break from uh, sort of what you're doing, your routine and, and just going outside, you know, uh, the smell, the, the fresh air, uh, do that in a socially distanced way, of course, but uh, uh, that's what I would. It's a good one. Time. It's a good one. Peloton and running. You're just showing off now. And I don't know how you guys put up with this guy. No, I'm just kidding. That's um, good on you. I need to do more of it. I'm one of those that has forgotten how to exercise. Um, Sam, how about you? Uh, it actually is super annoying to hear from Andre, like BRB <laughs> running a half marathon. Uh, Thank you. It's just, not just, just me. Casually for fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my, my thing is like, you know, whenever there's adversity, there's also, you know, opportunity. So, uh, people are able to work from home. They're able to work remotely. Uh, my wife and I like hiking and camping and such. So we are uh, on a socially distanced road trip in our, in our Tesla. Uh, we're in Badlands National Park right now. And it's just as hard for me to work from the middle of the wilderness uh, away from everybody as it is for me to work from my tiny apartment in Boston. Um, so, you know, it's it, it doesn't have to, it, it's a lot of things are changing. And, and I think that people taking advantage of that and trying to understand that, you know, some of these changes can be good things that, that make your life uh, better or more interesting or help you live the life you wanted to live anyways. Um, so take advantage of that. Yeah, for sure. I've done a few hikes myself. I didn't know what a hike was until recently. It turns out it's kind of just walking through the woods, but it's fun. It can be very fun. Um, Greg, you're up. Um, support small businesses. Perhaps that's a shameless plug considering what we're doing, but we really do stand by it. And, uh, I live in a great community where I try to support them as best I can, cause they've all been struggling. So, uh, the more people we get to do that, um, what, type, what, what, what types, out. what types of businesses are you personally supporting? Barber, barber shops, mm-hmm. um, restaurants, I agree. And tip well too, yeah. right? I've, I've actually yeah. inc- increased my tipping. It's probably not a good oh, yeah. personal finance decision, but what the hell these, these people Tip are. I mean, yeah. I mean, right. I mean, it's, um, you know, the teachers are complaining about, they don't want to go back to work and they have their reasons and they're probably very good reasons, but you know, the people that work at whole foods and the people that work at Dunkin' Donuts and you know, they're in a way they're kind of heroes in this thing. They just yeah. keep, they just keep going to work. They put the mask on and we need our food, right? We need, we need to get our haircut. Lord knows I'm looking at you guys. You all need to get your haircut. No, I'm just kidding. I, if I had hair, I would get I it. I went to, I went to my local barber this morning. You look good. Who is also one of our, uh, one of our hosts. And, um, I told him we're going to help support you. It all comes full circle, doesn't it? So I will, um, as my entry in good stuff, I will share uh, the trailer for a Netflix show that I just started watching. It's about the history of video games. I figured it'd be on point for you guys being uh, techies of sorts. And we'll watch. Game over, right? Game, uh, uh, high score. I saw that. No, not game. Uh, not high score, yeah. yeah. High score. Uh, is game over? Isn't, wasn't that the Spielberg thing? I don't know. We'll, um, I'm pretty sure this is the one I've been watching. If not, we'll enjoy this trailer anyway. Um, <laughs> high score on Netflix. We'll take a, a quick look at this. Here we go. 
Video games afford you the opportunity to start over. In games, we all start at the exact same place to play together because we're all playing by the same rules. Long before the internet, a handful of visionaries reimagined the world. We felt that we were creating a world-changing technology. I had no idea what to expect. People no longer played video games, they played Nintendo. It all started when our hero Mario had a very strange dream. Having a fast console wasn't enough for Sega. They needed a new hit game. You'd see kids screaming, Sega, Sega! They woke up Nintendo. You're the biggest consumer electronics company on the planet. Coming after us? Awesome. It is a sick video game. Shame on people that produce that trash. <laughs> I made the worst game of all time. What we did back then was ahead of its time, but the time is now. A lot of those games are before your time. I go all the way back to Pong, but it's just very interesting to hear, for example, the guy who invented Pac-Man was looking for something not he actually invented with women in mind because space invaders was shooting people missile command was shooting something and pac-man's the opposite it's eating something which is you know sort of nice and, and harmless and the dude was in a pizza parlor and took one slice of pizza out of the pie and noticed the way it looked and said oh that's that's pac-man right there wow. so um yeah if you're a video game geek like me check that out on uh on netflix so like i said we're up against the clock but thank you guys for all the the good stuff i hope you uh enjoyed yourself on the show today yes fun thanks for having us yeah thank you um my pleasure thanks for listening to the boston podcast once again if you want to get in touch with the boys one screen dot ai and the phone number eight five five one screen o-n-e-s-c-r-e-e-n you know how to spell people Anyways, once again, thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like your own podcast, go to pod617.com. On behalf of Greg, Andre, and Sam, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a good day, everybody. Play, <laughs> get a workout in and play video games. You can do both. 